Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Hi, I'm Colonel Ken Gillum, and today on A Better Peace, we will once again venture into the Wargaming Room, a series dedicated to war games and other innovative methods used at the U.S. Army War College and other institutions for education, research, and experience. This episode was originally recorded in May 2020, where I asked Ms. Tina Cancel, a 2020 graduate of the Army War College, to provide a civilian student's retrospective on her experience with LEGO Serious Play and the war game Joint Overmatch Euro-Atlantic in her classroom. Welcome to the Wargaming Room, a podcast about strategic games designed, developed, and played at the United States Army War College. I'm Ken Gillum, your host and director of Strategic Wargaming. I'm glad you could join us today. My guest is Ms. Tina Cancel, a current student at the Army War College. Tina is a Department of Defense civilian with 15 years experience supporting the Navy. And before attending the Army War College, she was a lead financial management analyst for the Navy Working Capital Fund portfolio. And she tells me that was roughly an oversight of about eight to $9 billion annually. Tina, I assume that's like, what, half an aircraft carrier? <laughs> Maybe. Welcome to the Wargaming Room. Thank you. So, Tina, I asked the same opening question of all our first-time guests. What was your favorite game or play activity as a kid, and do you still play it? So, I was a, a fidgety kid. I always wanted to be outside. So, in terms of games, I really liked unstructured play. So, I was outside a lot with my brother, and we would just do a lot of pretend play activities. Um, in terms of board games, we did a lot of, like, chance type board games. So it wasn't until I met my husband that I got into like strategy games per se. So do you still do any of those today? Especially I'm curious about the unstructured play part. <laughs> uh, so um, my brother and I, I have a younger brother. So it's always the tyranny of an older sister, I guess, um, so that I had, I had control and we had a really big fenced in backyard and a lot of time to play. And my dad would just say, okay, go outside. And we would. And so I would make up I mean, all kinds of games um, to include, we, we joke that, um, you know, I would make up a language and we would, I would teach him. It would be like our own, it's my own instructional classroom where I would be the teacher. It doesn't really sound as much fun for him now when we talk about it as adults, but I think at the time we both had a really good time. Wow. Do, do you see a modern parallel to that in your life anywhere? Um, not, not for me, but it's interesting. I have four children and my oldest daughter is like a mini me in terms of personality. And she reigns supreme with the younger, younger kids. And I see her making up these amazingly creative games, uh, and, and structures with the other kids that keep them enthralled. But it usually from a power play perspective, she's definitely the one in charge. <laughs> so wow. I have that mirroring back at me. <laughs> yeah. That's actually very personal. Thank you for sharing that. That's something nice. Did you do... Did you find yourself doing any of the same types of things in the current environment? I assume they're at home and you have to interact with them on an educational level as well. Right. So we're sort of homeschooling, if you want to call it that. Um, 
so we play a lot of board games with the kids. So it's more, we let them play unstructured and have a lot of free time. But uh, as a family, especially now to kill time with COVID-19, we play a lot of board games. And so my husband is into strategy board games like Dominion and Settlers of Catan, um, a wide variety of games. So now I'm into that uh, because I like meeting him. And um, we play with the kids. So we'll play, you know, children's like Munchkin or uh, Dice City, things that have some chance, but really do have some basic strategy. And we find that you know, even my six-year-old son, my nine-year-old daughter, and my ten-year-old daughter—they can all do it on their own, and we just kind of buddy up with the the four-year-old. So it's it's fun. They all get to play. It's very creative, um, but we you know we allow them to win or lose on their own, and so it's it's a nice family time, and I think it helps with building basic strategy from a young age. Oh wow, nice. All right, let's get down to business. I'm going to read you the Army War College part of the Army War College mission statement, at least. And the mission of the Army War College is to, and I quote, enhance national and global security by developing ideas and educating U.S. and international leaders to serve and lead at the strategic enterprise level. This past year, you were part of a seminar team that experienced some new educational methods instead of what might be considered the standard classroom experience. I'd like to capture some of your experience with two elements specifically that were u- used during your matriculation. So one of those was Lego Serious Play, and the other was a game called Joint Overmatch Europe. We might as well start in order that you experienced those, and I think Lego Serious Play was first. Your seminar had an interesting experience with Lego bricks during your joint functions lesson. I've talked to one of your faculty already, and... What we've found in other places, as well as your seminar, is that there are some reactions to Lego Serious Play that can be on the extreme ends of the spectrum. So don't worry about hurting anybody's feelings today, especially mine, because I was in the room. Do you remember your reactions when you first realized when you, what you were going to do? Yes, and um, I don't really play with Legos. The kids do. So when I got in there, I, I really wasn't as open to it as I, as I might've been. I was more anxious, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to build something. I'm in a room with all these creative people, like, cause I'm also competitive. <laughs> there's, there's no way to win. <laughs> so I was really anxious and, and I think that's surprising, but, but I was. Tina, do you remember the joint functions lesson and how that day progressed? I do. I do. Do you want to tell me? How, so what, what happened? <laughs> How did it start? What were some of the things you remember about the day? With the Lego Serious Play? Well, we started off, I think, making a duck, right? So having a, a simple form, uh, and then it got we got more and more comfortable, to say that with you know, a bunch of 40-year-olds in the room, uh, more and more comfortable with, with kind of mimicking and playing with the Legos, and then we went into the, the seven joint warfighting functions. And each of us were assigned a function, and there were two different teams. So I had information, and another colleague of mine also had information. And so we had to represent that joint function in the form of Legos. I think mine was really abstract. Like I had like lots of tubes and connections, and right. Um, and then with our in, with our teams, uh, each person had a different joint function you know, of the seven. So then we we built those together and integrated the joint functions again through through Legos, and we briefed it out. And it was um, it was pretty interesting because both teams had very very different structures to represent really the same same functions. So I am very glad that you remember 
very well how that day went. That's one of the things we try to get to with Lego Serious Play is the stickiness of the lesson. And part of that is making those memories uh, a little more vivid with the bricks. I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure that at the beginning of that lesson that I looked at everybody and I said, how many of you have already decided that you're not going to enjoy what's going to happen today? You, you did say that. I think I was the only one that raised my hand. Yeah, it was you <laughs> and there was a, a tentative behind you. And I'm pretty sure I accused at least half of the rest of the class of lying because they were unsure about what they were going to get into. Uh, so body language is a, a big part of that one. Do you happen to remember any of the models? Yeah, you remember yours. Do you remember anybody else's? So I remember the other teams just because I was very impressed. They used not only the Lego forms that they had, but they also used the containers of the of the Legos to as they integrated the joint functions. So they had um, I'm trying to think of the actual individual forms, but they had a tower, and I think like information was the base, and then I think they integrated cyber somehow, and they just built it up where the C2 when control was sort of on top, um, forward looking. And I think we ta also talked about risks and vulnerabilities. I remember looking at theirs thinking how, how firm the structure was. I think that had, had to do with their logistical base, but I'm not quite sure how in my mind, if I can visualize that. Um, but I think they had a very solid base. So when we were asked to critique the other team's structure, I really felt like they had a pretty solid foundation and very few vulnerabilities from a Lego, from the sense of Legos. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, you know, I had, I think I had forgotten that they used their plastic bins to actually do something different in there. One of the things when you try to force someone to be innovative, sometimes they go places you don't think they're going to go. And they, they, that team definitely did it that day with me in there. Do you think your opinion changed during the day about what was happening and how you were learning. I got more comfortable with it. So I'm generally a very open person. Like when we took the senior leadership assessments, I was the most open person in the room from my seminar. And when we went Lego play, I, I was surprised at myself how unopen, how close I was to it. I think through the day, I personally found kind of more at ease. As a civilian that does finance, I really hadn't touched or really even thought about a lot of the joint functions before coming to the War College, if at all. And so I don't know if it changed my thinking on the joint functions. I know we talked about some of that, but I don't know if I personally changed. I think what it helped was solidify what those were. And then when we went forward in time and played the joint overmatch, it kind of helped me recall kind of the um, interplay between the joint functions, just because it's something that, again, I hadn't been exposed to and personally wasn't as interested in as maybe some of the others, right? So I think it helped just help get me interested in it. It really came in handy, I think, in terms of uh, comps, quite, quite honestly, because okay. again, it just helps you with, with recall, like that tactile that tactile learning. Was there anything about it that you didn't like? Not, not really. I mean, I think it was an enjoyable experience. I think it was fun to come home and tell the kids that I had been playing with Legos all day. <laughs> uh, in terms of the experience itself, you know, I like I liked buddying up with another colleague on the same same function and then separating into groups. Uh, yeah. I think some of it right was that discomfort. I, mean, I guess not dislike, but there's a discomfort when you have to explain what you did when it's really creative and there's a vulnerability in that. But I don't know if I disliked it. I just think it was a part of that right that divergence and and getting comfortable with something different 
Well, is there any way that you think we could help make students more comfortable uh, by doing that, doing some of those things in there? Maybe do it more often, right? I mean, this lesson came after after some of the joint function lessons, I believe, and it might have been might have been helpful or might be interesting to try it uh, throughout the year, if if possible. I, mean, I don't know okay. necessarily how you would integrate it, but I think um, yeah, I think it was I think it was different, and I think it was unexpected. And I liked being a part of it. So I really don't have a critique. Um, I think too, when we, I'm thinking back now, when we built, our team built our model, we were able to visualize like command and control and how that seemed like you want to, we almost built it on a tower, but that seemed, um, then we later broke it out and integrated it throughout the field as well. And I think it helped visualize how the function could be more than just a standalone function. You know, the different layers of the functions, if that makes sense. So I enjoyed it. I just think it takes time. And several hours in a room sometimes can be daunting, uh, maybe breaking it up or, or having, having different pieces of it throughout the year. But I thought how it was rolled out was really, was really, um, was really fun. Okay, now let's talk about a little bit of the group model that you built and some of the dynamics that went on there. So you just talked a little bit about trying to put that model together. Do you remember any of the discussions around it? Not maybe specifically, but some of the tensions that were starting to show as you were trying to place the different joint functions relative to each other? So I think at first it was a mess because we all had our individual all had our individual joint functions and try, just trying to figure out the basics of how to integrate it in a way that makes sense. I think information and intelligence was sort of harder because I had mine as, as information kind of standalone and it's really the basis for the joint functions. So having that broken up and how to integrate it with all the others. I had some good discussion. Um, I don't know about tensions, but I think how to visualize it correctly. Again, that word sounds silly, but how, how to how to do it in a way that makes that makes sense. And I think too, where to position some of the others, like where to position fires versus you know you know the, the force protection. Like where where to put all this stuff. We definitely had lively discussion on that because we weren't necessarily all in agreement, I think, on the positions. We did have limited time, so it sort of forced forced that discussion and forced a resolution. But again, I think um, I think there wasn't a right answer when you have a bunch of type A's generally. Um, you can have a lively discussion on, on things that are more abstract. So I want to go back to your comment about potentially using it in other places in the curriculum. Do you have any in mind that might be good slots for that? Anything that you can think back on now that you're done with all your coursework. It, if you say, you know what, if it had been in this lesson, I might have uh, paid attention more, been more engaged, gotten a little more out of the lesson. Any of those? I'm not going to say pay attention more. <laughs> I definitely paid attention. <laughs> um, I think um, from a tactile learning perspective, I don't know how you would do this, but I, right, anything that builds up on each other. So like if we're talking about the strategy formulation framework, or if we're talking about, um, and this kind of came into play with the joint overmatch, but right, some of the, the GIFMIC like processes and like if there are ways, like I had a more challenging time with some of the combat commander um, strategy campaign plans and how that will inter, um, interacted from the tactical to strategic. And I eventually got it, but right for me, that was just the harder, the harder lesson to learn. And if there was a way to, as things build or integrate, to include Lego serious play with that, I think it might be fun. I don't know where you would put it, right? Because the, I mean, you already have a jam-packed curriculum, but 
um, I think that for someone like me who is almost like an outsider coming in and learning this fresh and hasn't worked at a combatant command level, anything that would help with that interrelation would be helpful. Even if you could have almost not necessarily in the seminar, but almost like like they have a writing uh, curriculum if there's something that um, could be done um, outside. There's people who want to come in and talk about it. It's almost like a self-help. So you're saying almost like a noontime lecture style thing where an expert might build their model, their representation of what that system is, and then students can come in and they can explain the different parts of their model and how they interact with each other. Right, or even have almost like a little workshop where it's interactive, like a limited workshop where you say, "Okay, come in. We're gonna t- we're gonna do we're gonna do X," and have the students build it with the professors leading it. Like I really enjoyed the the uh, Tuesday strategic film series, and I oh, really yeah. liked how that kind of reinforced reinforced the lessons, and it and it went along with each, with the curriculum throughout the year. And if there was something similar you could do with this, that that might be helpful. I think you might get some resistance from students that aren't exposed to this. You might want to expose them to it you know, beforehand, um, just to kind of break down people like me who had those, those walls up. But once you get into it, I mean, it's fun. It might even be something to do with the family. Wow. That's an interesting concept. I had not thought about doing something like that. We've thought about other things with other games, but not, you're really right. It could almost be a, a guest Lego lecturer series. When you bring in that one expert on defense management and they are the not necessarily the facilitator, so you could have a Lego series play facilitator in the room driving the process and have the DM mastermind right there when students are trying to grasp those concepts and how they interact with each other. Now I'm making a note because I'm trying to figure out, I will try to figure out how I can get something like that to go next year. <laughs> well, I'm local. You can always call me up. <laughs> oh, nice. So the other... Um, the other thing is you talked about using it in other places. What we do have is a plan right now to use it in the complex adaptive systems lesson I for the entire lesson. class. And that using those case studies, what we did this year with two other seminars was had them go through individual models. It, so the individuals built their models of their case studies or their backgrounders, I think they called them. And then those small groups you know, probably five students together had to put all of their backgrounders together to explain their problem. And then those three different problems had to explain to each other. And then they looked for connectivity between those three different problem sets, which from the, you know, on the surface kind of appear like they're not related to each other. But when you start pulling the threads, you can see some connectivity between them and how they might interact with each other. I'm with you. So I'm also trying to get some backing to do it for the joint functions lesson for the entire curriculum or for the entire student body. Because I, gosh, I remember being a student. It was the most boring lesson I had ever gone to because it was six hours of straight up PowerPoint. You know, I can read this stuff. Don't sit here and try to talk to me because you're not going to gain any additional information on whether I know this or not by, by spewing PowerPoint at me. I think the pilot that you did with our, with our and maybe some of the other seminars with this, I mean, for me, I retained it and I'm not someone who's played with it before. And this is well after comps. So hopefully that's considered a success uh, as you, yeah. as you seem to kind of roll it out because it's not something that, I mean, 
I don't enjoy PowerPoint either, uh, even though I kind of live in that world, in the world of Excel. And so I liked this because it was something different. We got to get up and move. Yeah, absolutely. So the, you talked about retention. What we really wanted you to retain it for was for your end of course exercise. Well, we want you to retain it much longer than that, but at <laughs> least until you get to that, your end of course exercise for the military strategy and campaigning course. And you actually played joint overmatch Europe, which is a, a game that was developed completely separately of Lego series play in order to have an experiential exercise at the end of that course. Can you describe that game and how it went for your seminar? Sure. Uh, so there, there were two teams for joint overmatch, a uh, red and a blue, and we're playing against each other using essentially the military power, but there were elements, if you pulled them in, of, of the others, of information and uh, economic and diplomatic, if you're thinking outside the box. So the two teams, there was a red team, which was Russia, and a blue team, which was the U.S. and our NATO allies. And our joint overmatch was set in the European theater. It was really at a strategic level, and there was all different different uh, elements of military power. Um, but we did have to think at, sometimes at an, op at an operational level. Uh, and so there were a wide variety of military functions. These were you know, air power, uh, land power, right, logistics, et cetera. And then we had dice that were used. Um, I just, just to, and I, I read back through the practicum just to jog my memory for Klausowitz's fog and friction, right, just so, so you could roll the dice and see whether, you know, your logistics sustainment piece came in or not. You know, I do finance for the Navy as a civilian, so naturally as a part of the game, <laughs> they made me in charge of air power. I, I don't know why. <laughs> that makes okay. me laugh. Makes... A standard budget cycle there, you had to run the ATO? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, maybe they thought it was less of a less engaging piece, but, you know. But um, so, so the game played out over a series of turns. And I believe Red, Red was able to go first. Um, they made the first move, and um, looking at the game horizon, you, know, you could quickly tell that red's going to get a, an advantage initially, and then over time, the blue team, as because of our superior sustainment logistical um, pipelines, that we would, you know, get parity, if not supremacy, sort of later on in the game. But what bothered me about the game, because I do play, and I play to win and I like strategy games, is that it took so long for my colleagues and I to make decisions, which I think is funny because it's something we complain about. You know, we complain about leadership decision-making timelines, but here in this game, it took us so long that we were never really able to get past like turn four or five, which of course then being on the blue team means that we aren't going to win. <laughs> so oh, yeah. It, it bothered me immensely. I, I Doug, Doug, Doug Bennett knows all about that, that I, that I wanted it to either be longer timeline to play the game or to have some sort of like timer where we were forced to make a decision just to speed it up. Um, but I mean, I think right in the real world, you can't control how fast things happen. Um, right. So from a real realistic perspective, I think you could tell there was a lot of care and intent put in developing the game and making it as realistic as possible within certain constraints. So it was, yeah, I liked it. It was a good game. Yeah. And I think, they probably wanted you to do more of the planning side and, you know, the game is really just a way to engage you a little bit longer. So, <laughs> uh, any memorable reactions from you or any of the other students during the game? I think we all, we all enjoyed it. We definitely got into it and I liked kind of, we were all around like different groups around the table and, um, 
you know, everybody, everybody but me really had their, had their uniforms on. So it looked very official. Um, and um, I remember, because I, I, you know, again, I could see this horizon and I was probably more focused at times at winning the game than, than planning. Uh, I like to be in the disruptor. And so, um, you know, in terms of decision-making, we had a really, both teams, I think, had, had a good um, group dynamic and the leadership commander part of our team did a really good job of listening to everybody and I wanted to have I wanted to have like a rogue person behind the Russian lines and and he allowed it and so we were able to kind of disrupt Russian Russian efforts for a little while and I think the red team wasn't expecting that and so they had to divert some of their some of their um, resources to take care of that rogue in the Baltics so um, so it was kind of fun um you know, being able to advocate for something that was different within our planning cycle, long range planning cycle, and kind of going back and forth, uh, and then also kind of being a disruptor and, and having to tie up red team assets. Um, but I think generally, I mean, it was really, for me as a civilian, again, I don't really get to see a lot hands on, like, you know, see my colleagues in their expertise. And it was really great to have to hear their perspectives, right, and to kind of go back and forth and then be able to offer my own and realize I had learned a lot. Um, just it was it was good to the back and forth behind the scenes and then and then playing it because you never know what the other team's going to do. Tina, I know you don't know what the other alternatives were, uh, but do you think that it was worth your time that you spent playing this game? Because it's a significant investment of time for students and faculty. I think so. I think so. Um, for me, I mean, honestly, just things like planning um, being able to, like, there's different types of learning, and we spend an awful lot of time talking as a seminar and learning from each other through dialogue. We spend a lot of time sitting, as you had said, through PowerPoint, sitting through independent lectures, sitting through Bliss Hall lectures. This was an opportunity where we could get out, engage with one another, and apply a lot of the, uh, the course curriculum through something that was, you know, an application. And I actually think, you know, we had a long list of things that, you know, suggestions for the game, but I think just in in playing the game itself, one of the biggest suggestions were we wished we could have played this throughout, right? So as we, at least throughout MSC, but um, but even tying in, you know, the DM, the resourcing piece with the logistics, right? I mean, it, it ties in all the components of what we are set to learn at the War College. And so having that maybe more upfront and and playing it kind of off and on throughout the year or mixing up the teams would be, would be beneficial. But I think overwhelmingly, you know, my colleagues enjoyed enjoyed getting up and being able to do something different and I think it, I mean, it definitely shows the different pieces of what I think you're seeking to, to teach us. So we actually had a seminar that played a different game that did something similar to your suggestion of playing it throughout. So they had a few iterations along the way with the game board that actually allowed them to culminate a little faster than they would have. So instead of four days, they were done in three days because they didn't have a lot of the learning curve on the front end. You gave me a little bit there of advice for faculty. And so I'm going to phrase the question specifically to see if there's anything else. What advice would you give faculty when they're working on a game or experience to include in the classroom? I think, I mean, so our faculty did a very good job of making this inclusive and, you know, making sure that everyone had a role. And, and I think we had enough time to prepare. So we all felt we kind of, we knew what we were going into. Um, I think the only thing I would say from my personal experience is that it would have been nice to have a shorter timeline. But again, it depends on what you're seeking to achieve because if we want to ask, did this achieve, did this help me in my mind as someone who had not been exposed 
to military planning much before, did it help solidify that? The answer is yes. So if it achieved the objective, so maybe it didn't have to go longer, maybe that would have been more distracting, right? I mean, I think it's, right, I sometimes, you, know, you can't see the forest for the trees. And as a student, I was in it. Um, sometimes you don't see the benefit of something until you're done with it. And I think that's how I view the joint overmatch uh, instruction. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. And I might've gotten more tied up in the gameplay itself. The fact that you know our faculty, they weren't hands off. They let us they let us drive a, a lot. They were facilitators and made sure we stayed on on a timeline. But they allowed us to make a lot of decisions, and we actually went overtime. I think just about every day. Like we chose to stay longer to make decisions or to to perfect plans or, or what have you. And I think that shows the level of engagement. And I like that the professors allowed us that flexibility. So. I mean, yes, I may have liked a shorter timeline, but I, I do think keeping that flexibility and let the students drive, um, you know, the level that they get into it, and we were very into it, I think is also beneficial. All right. Tina, what does the future hold for you? So I am in a defense senior leadership development program, so that allows me not only to attend the War College, but to do a follow-on temporary duty assignment. And so my next assignment will be at NATO headquarters as a special advisor to the U.S. mission to NATO. Do you think you're going to have any joint overmatch recall <laughs> when you're there? I think what, what is interesting is that, you know, I'm going to NATO and, and we played this game. And, and I think I'll be definitely more aware of of um, the Russian influence. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The informa- I think you said at the beginning, information was the base, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Tina, thanks for talking to me today. I wish you the best as you transition to your new job. And I'm a little bit jealous that you're getting to go back to Europe. And I do hope that the joint overmatch and the joint functions lessons will translate into some utility when you're at NATO. Thank you. Looks like we're about out of time. Thanks to Tina Cancel for joining us today in the Wargaming Room. And thanks to all of you for joining us in the Wargaming Room. Please send us your comments on this and all the programs, including ideas for future programs. If you want to hear more, subscribe to A Better Peace. After you've subscribed, please rate and review this podcast on your podcatcher of choice because that helps others find us as well. We're also seeking articles for publication in the Wargaming Room series, so send us your pitch for innovative and provocative wargaming content intended for a broad audience of well-informed leaders and listeners including other governmental, business, and education audiences. We'll see you here next time, but until then, from the Wargaming Room, I'm Ken Gillum, Play to Win. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.